Lightcasting Network. It's like we're just these tiny little lives on this tiny little planet for this tiny moment in time in this vast universe that we know nothing about. And somehow our own melodramas become our everything and there are what we live for and there are downfall and like that is not the human experience. It's not supposed to be and it's no wonder we're hurting so much. There comes a time on your soul journey where you are called home to your true self. In answering this call, you are part of a powerful collective shift towards deeper understanding and expansion. You are part of something bigger than yourself. You are in the stage of growth known as enlightenedhood. I'm Lena Lemos, your host and founder of House of Enlightenedhood. I'm here to help you heal and remember the depths of your soul as you step into who you were always meant to be. Spirituality should be as simple as coming home to yourself and tuning into your heart. And on this podcast, I provide you with channeled wisdom and tangible tools to incorporate into your soul exploration. If you're inspired by today's episode, please leave a review, subscribe to the show, and share this episode on Instagram. I am so grateful that you're here. Hello, you beautiful souls, and happy Monday. Janelle Glenn is back on another episode. If you have been here since the beginning, you may have caught our episode where we dove into sexualizing yoga on Instagram. And she's back, and we again are talking about Instagram and social media and all the ways it affects our mental health, our ability to be present, our comparison culture and our self-worth. I've mentioned this several times before on this podcast, but I've just had such a hard time being on social media. It just, it feels like something I have to do like a chore and not only that, but a bad habit that is taking up all my time. And I've talked about this too before, but I think it can be so detrimental to our spiritual path when we've, you know, just discovered this new version of ourselves and we're looking to someone to help us, to guide us for answers. And we look to social media and we are presented with this sparkly, fluffy version of what a spiritual path is. And we get deep rooted into comparison culture and what we think a spiritual person should look like and what we think a spiritual person should say and, you know, how we should be spiritual. And when we do all that, we're losing touch with ourselves. We're losing touch with the whole point of spirituality in the first place, which is to go inwards, to get to know our own soul, not what so-and-so is doing on Instagram or is promoting on Instagram or saying, you know, is is how everything should be. The only thing that matters is your innate truth, your innate wisdom, and your heart. So I feel like someone needed to be reminded of that today. Like I said, my guest today is Janelle Glenn, and she is a 500-hour registered yoga teacher, on-air personality, motivational speaker, vegan, and author of a children's book on eco-friendly living. She is a podcast host and founder of staymused.com, a platform where freelancers post workshops for those hungry hearts seeking a bit of guidance. She is a mother who loves to run, read, and go thrifting. You can find her at Janelle B. Glenn on Instagram or leading yoga classes on staymused.com. Before we get into today's episode, I just want to share that I will be teaching a meditation course for staymuse.com with this project that Janelle is doing for a really good cause called Yoga for Texas. So there'll be workshops available for purchase and 100% of the proceeds will go to helping those in the situation going on in Texas right now. So you can check all of that out at staymuse.com. And this conversation where we get into it about social media will be up right after this. One of the biggest reasons I began to tiptoe out of the spiritual closet was 
I felt so lonely. I didn't have anyone in my life to discuss these soul-level changes that happened when motherhood reawakened me. And that's why I feel so passionate about community and the ways finding soul family can forever change us. If you're looking to find your people and discover spiritual wisdom and guidance in a safe and private space that is off of social media, we invite you to join our free community, The Garden. It's time to grow with us at garden.enlightenedhood.com or text GARDEN to 31996 for the link sent straight to your phone. Can't wait to see you inside. Oh, yeah. I just deleted Instagram from my phone today. It felt really good. Oh, my God. There should be some kind of an award for that. (laughs) And then I got anxiety. I'm like, okay, how can I still post without having it on my phone? (laughs) Yeah, but haven't you been doing scheduling? Yeah, so I was. But I mean, on my personal page and now that we're like relaunching the company and I feel like I kind of, you know, it's so hard because we've been so conditioned that Instagram is like an imperative business tool, you know, and that like you're nothing and can't grow a business without Instagram. And I hate that it's that way, but shit is getting scary out there and I don't want to be a part of it. (laughs) Dude, thank you for saying that. Yeah, it's like and then you always justify it with, well, the more followers you have, the more opportunities you have. Yep. And it's like, okay, well, what are these opportunities? All right. Are these opportunities to be on Good Morning America? Because you can do that without having a huge social following. If you're doing something meaningful in your, in your day to day, um, offering or, or, you know, you can be your own PR for, trust me, my my degree is in public relations. It's not that hard. They're always looking for content. Take it from the media. We're always looking for content, but are you going to be like an Instagram model like what, what are these opportunities? And it's funny because what happens if Instagram goes down tomorrow and people don't have a business outside of their Instagram account, they don't have, mm-hmm. they're, you're not directing your audience to a newsletter or to your website. And, um, and also I think what my big turning point was, I realized that I, I was spending so much time on social, so much time yep. feeding my brain, just shit. And for what? Mm-hmm. And I'm realizing that my life is just passing me by. Mm-hmm. And that's what scares me for the younger, the next generation for like Gen Z, because you're, you're just scrolling and scrolling and posting and posting and, and never in the history of mankind have we had feedback on how people feel about us every five minutes. Mm-hmm. Like you, you're constantly checking every five minutes and, and that's so it's messing up our brains. Yep. Like people are so um, uh, unsure of themselves now because they're just waiting for the reaction. And that's just not, that's, this has never happened in, in the evolution of humans before. And I'm just realizing my life is passing me by and I'm not being present at mm. all. And so I started making these changes. I, I started taking singing lessons and um, <sighs> finally awesome. got over the hump. I actually like can catch a tune now. And uh, I started taking piano lessons. I started running. Okay, running? Ew. I never, ever <laughs> thought I would be a, a runner person. Like, it, you know, and anyone who is grossed out by running can understand, like, oh, my God, running? I die. But that, and that was totally me. But I just started running with a friend. And then we were, like, talking while we were running. And then I just ended up building up stamina on accident. And now I just run by myself all the time. And actually, the day after I got let go from my job, I went out in my local running area and I ran a half freaking marathon. I just, I call it a fury run. I didn't train for it. I just couldn't stop. I was like, I was just determined to prove to myself that you could find success on a different metric scale than your career. Yeah. Um, Cause I should have been doing my show that morning. And I was like, fuck this. I'm going to go out. I'm going to run. And then I just ran. Um, but yeah, so I just started doing things in my life that I always wanted to do instead of, and not posting it at all. Because why? Mm-hmm. Because that puts way too much pressure on me personally. I feel like I have to keep up with it. Like, oh, I did this. Now I got to post about it. Yeah. I don't do that. Like I live a life that no one knows about on social because Same. that's how I can keep my mind healthy. Did you have to go through almost withdrawal symptoms of, you know, detaching your life from the social version of you? No, actually, because I've always hated social media. Um, I, I mean, there, when I first got on social or I got on Instagram, I should say, 
I was in college and uh, so I graduated college in 2013 and I'm 29 so for some perspective technology wise. And it was like, back then, it was like you just posted like an overly filtered picture of your dog. Yep. And that's what you did. <laughs> yeah, and you're exactly. And then it started getting into like the yogi thing where everyone was posting, which we did our last podcast episode together on sexualizing yoga mm-hmm. and um, all of that on social. And so I, that's when I was getting deep into yoga. And I, I wasn't sexualizing it. I was just posting it because I thought it was fun. It was before I had really evolved into something that wasn't in line with practice. And, um, and then it started taking on a life of its own and it became a business platform for people. And, uh, and so I've just kind of been watching this evolution happen and I, I don't know. I, um, I didn't want, I never really, I've never been a selfie person. Mm -hmm. So I missed that whole, that whole chapter in Instagram. And so I think because I didn't, I wasn't in the selfie chapters, but I'm not like deeply embedded in Instagram. Like it never, like if it was going to click with me, it was going to be then. Yeah. Um, and so, and I'll say I watched The Social Dilemma, which I, for this for purposes of this podcast episode, anyone listening, I could not recommend more that you watch um, The Social Dilemma documentary on Netflix. It is powerful. Um, and I was in a play in Denver a few months ago. It was Mean Gays. It was a parody of Mean Girls, but the whole cast was gay and it was freaking hilarious. <laughs> and like, and like the plastics were, were men. Oh my God, it was so good. And so the lead was 16, no, 17. And um, I was like, what's it like being in high school right now? Is the most popular person in school the person who has that most followers? She was like, oh yeah, totally. And she's like, the scariest thing is how quickly news travels. You know, someone posts something and everyone knows about it before lunch. And I'm like, well, you're so incredibly talented, blah, 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 blah. And she's like, well, I'm not popular in school at all because I'm gay and I'm not, I'm not on social media. And I was like, that is disturbing. Yeah. Like good for her for being such a strong woman at such a young age and like, you know, leading an entire production and um, doing things that that are not considered approved as cool for the status quo. Um, she gets it, but I'm worried about the next generation and how they're just going to spend their whole life rolling and comparing and not really taking a breath and, and, and finding what makes them happy. Not, it's like, it's like, you're not you, you're what other people think that you are. And that's what you think you are. It's like Mm. this crazy, disturbing trickle down effect that you don't even realize it's happening, but it's there. And that's why I felt like it was so important for us to talk about this. Yeah. We were talking about it in DMs. We were like, okay, we need to do a podcast episode. (laughs) Oh, I just, yes, to all of that. This year has just been such a huge, huge lesson in sovereignty and like my own personal power and what I think about myself and, you know, reclaiming all of that and especially thinking for myself. And I think that the thing that we're really, and I mean, within the context of like a spiritual or mindful perspective, the thing that we're really missing on social media has become like teaching people to do that for themselves. We're now seeing this, you know, this glamorous version of, of spirituality, of yoga, of mindfulness, of the, you know, these gurus, like you said, like we think that the people who are the most wise are the ones who have the most followers. And then we're putting all of our trust in, in our, for our personal journey in them when really like they may, you know, that's their own truth and their own perspective and their own version of the world. But we, we take it all as truth. And that's, I just feel like it's so detrimental for our own personal power. Yes. Oh my God. That's so scary that you said that because you don't even know, you don't even know what's been going on in my mind lately because we, well, since well, we were, we were living here for my job and uh, you know, not only did I have the grief of losing my job and losing this, this, um, plat- this platform that I had and not that I was attached, you know, parigraha, I'm a yogi. It's okay. Like it's fine. But, um, I had to pull my daughter out of preschool like the next day and then bam, I'm right back to being a stay at home mom, like mm. overnight. And I'll, it was brutal. I mean, I will say <clears throat> I'm working on a book right now. Congratulations on your book, by oh, the way. It's amazing. You. you inspired me to finally put the words down on my adult book. 
because, you know, I wrote a children's book, Let Me Save the World. And I never published it. I mean, it's, it's this beautiful little packaged book and it's ready and it, I just haven't published it. I don't know what, what my roadblock has been. And then I, uh, I saw that you wrote your book and I was like, oh, you know what? She's doing it right. And so I finally started putting down the words of the next book I wanted to write and um, called Change Your Mind, Change Your Life. And I'm bringing that up because I hated being a stay-at-home mom before. It, I was so depressed. I was miserable. And uh, now it's hard. Don't get me wrong. Like she's three and a half. She'd be four in two months. She's so defiant. It's like she's 30 years old and it's really challenging. But I kind of love it at the same time. Like I'm a different person. She's a different person. So I thought I'll never be a stay-at-home mom. I hate it. I hate it. It's not for me. And now I'm like, it's not so bad. And it was just one year of changing my 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 inner space and do my own work. And so because all of this has changed, now we have to move. So our lease ends in August. And we have set our sights on this place in Colorado called Crestone, which is supposed to be the spiritual capital of America. It's got all of these Buddhist temples and spiritual centers and there's like daily monk meditation. And I think, I mean, we're going to go visit it in a week and see if that's really where we want to move. But what I've been wrestling with is, do I want to move there, detach from the world, and just hone in on my own spiritual practice quietly? After, you know, coming off of being in the heart of the media during crazy 2020, seeing people roast us on social for, you know, sharing news. Fake news. Oh, it's not fake news. I wrote it. I, it's not fake news. I wouldn't write something that's not real. And so it was just really, really challenging being like having to constantly be on social media for work, constantly be in the know with news for work. And then people never liking what you're telling them because everything is, has some kind of a political bias, no matter how you say the truth, you he, people hear it differently. And um, so it's really hard. And so, and, and so I'm burned out. Mm. on all of it and that's what that was the turning point really is I'm so burned out on social because I was working in the heart of news and media during 2020 during COVID during the election during the crazy wildfires in Colorado which are associated with climate change and no one wants to no one wants to accept that they're associated with climate change and of course I can't talk about that because I'm just an indifferent personality and it's not the Janelle show it was I was doing a job I was a brand I was a personality for hire if you will and so, um, so I got burned out and I think that that's what's about to happen with everyone else. Yes. Everyone, I'm just, I'm just arrived to the party a little early because I was in a space of media and I think everyone's about to get burned out and they're going to be seeking something of substance. And now that this crazy time in history has happened, where we've been stripped away from all of the, the noise and we've had to have a moment of what really matters, family, health security. But at the same time, the noise has never been louder. And so there's this contrast. And it's, it's like with the Me Too movement, it couldn't have happened without Trump putting it in our face of what toxic masculinity and, um, you know, oppressing women and all of his ickiness actually looks like. It's like, oh, that's what it looks like to be like creepy and all over women. I've never actually seen it in real life, but women are always talking about it. I've never really seen it. Um, that's what, you know, sexual misconduct looks like and from our president. And so we couldn't have gotten where we got without having this polarity in front of our face. And that's where we're at now. And so I think everyone's going to be retreating and they're not going to know where to retreat to because they don't have this foundation of a spiritual practice. And so I'm, I'm considering hosting yoga retreats and I'm kind of creating a community in that way, but it's scary, you know, to like to leave media and what I'm trained in to go and do something start a business basically but but what we're seeing on social is it's like we had talked about before some people are in tune with their truth some people are doing it right but Mm -hmm. you know for every person who's doing it right there's someone who's just doing it for likes or doing it to sell a product and um it's not like everyone out there sucks and everyone out there is phony spiritual it's just that a lot of it is lost and you it's hard to decipher what's true and what's not. And I just, I, I, I feel like how the people out there who don't do yoga, like, how are you doing? Are you okay? Like, how do you even freaking make it through the day right now? It's so hard. Thank God we have a spiritual practice. And I feel 
my head is telling me use this momentum you had of being uh, the top, you know, morning show in your area and go and get a job in Denver, a top 20 market, which opens up every opportunity. Um, but then in my heart, it's, it's don't do that. Don't do that. That's not your path. You need to use your, you know, personality and your public speaking, your passion for public speaking, motivational speaking for good. Mm-hmm. And you need to do it to people who hear you and you need to reconnect with yourself. And so I'm like wrestling with my head and my heart right now. And, but it's just making me feel every day I, I open up social and I feel, I see myself getting sicker and sicker with each swipe. Yep. And I'm like, I can't be alone in this, right? Does, does any of the, I mean, I think there's definitely like a mental health component to it that is just like so huge, but working in media and I think, um, not working in media, where I was going with this, I think is the other component to it that just scares me a little is this, you know, big tech control over our lives. And there's a lot of people who left Instagram, we're recording this on December 20th, but there's a lot of people who left Instagram today because of their new policy update. We're basically saying that they have access to your entire phone if you're using Instagram, which is fucking scary. Like it's terrifying. And at what point does a platform that was supposed to be us like sharing, like connecting and so like creating relationships, at what point does it go too far? And at what point does it infiltrate our life in a way that it's, it's scary? I don't know. It's just there, something doesn't sit right. Like it feels very minority report to me. <laughs> um, but I feel like that's kind well, it's of already happened. Yeah. It's already happened. Here's the thing. I re- you have to watch the social dilemma, Lena. Okay, you you will freak out. So the people who created this technology, they created it in a good in with good intentions. They created the like button to spread love. But here's what happens with technology: no one could have predicted the way that these algorithms take on a life of their own. Mm-hmm. So you know, people started using the laughing emoji to be condescending and to be um, to be hurtful. You know, it's like, it's all, you know what I mean? Whenever you're like on Facebook, there's a laugh. Yep. And when you see that, people are making fun of you. And instead of like laughing, like, oh, it's just a funny post. And it hurts people. And it's just like these little cut, 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 cut. And the reality is that your phone knows, like your Instagram, for example, knows if you're in close proximity to someone who like physically, like GPS wise, if your phone is in close proximity to say your ex. Your phone knows you're in the same room as your ex and it will send you a notification about something that they're doing on social that you'll interact. Like they play on your emotions and it's very, very, very integrated into every single moment of our psyche and people just have no idea. And it's not malicious. It was the malicious part of it is the big business that are capitalizing with their ads and playing on your emotions. It's all playing on your emotions. It's not actually your emotions. It's your emotions being manipulated to the point where it feels like this is just how every day is. I'm just miserable. I'm just depressed. I'm just stressed. I'm just not worthy. This is just a string of emotions that I've become accustomed to. But that's not your reality. That's the reality you choose by zooming into this little screen that's telling you how you're supposed to feel and nudging you in different directions, depending on your, the way you interact with your social, how long you, how long you look at an ad, how long you watch it. If you pause for a second in, in the stuff that's been, um, the stuff that's been offered to you, like on your Instagram feed, like, you know, that main page where it's like suggestions, Mm -hmm. how long you sit there, how, if you like look at one picture of Kim Kardashian's ass for two seconds, they're going to send you 25 more pictures of Kim Kardashian's ass. But not that you care about that, but they're training you to think that that's what you care about. Mm-hmm. And it's no wonder people are so lost and unfulfilled. And that's why I felt like there's this action of living in the present is not happening anymore. It's just like, if I hear, do it for the gram one more time, like Ashley Graham, for example, I love her, but she has this series called do it for the gram. And um, I just, I hate that because why the gram? Who cares about the stupid gram? Like when I, I have some friends who aren't on social media at all. And I, at first I thought they were aliens. And now I'm like, God, you're incredible. Like you must have so many more hours in the day and your, and your train of thought is your own. And it's like, I'm so envious of that. And so that's, it, well, it, it kind of goes back to what we were talking about with um, what happens if Instagram goes down tomorrow? What, where's your life? 
And that in and of itself, business, business separated from it is not okay. But I'm, I, I get what you're saying because I, this is what I've been wrestling with. If I do start doing some kind of a like yoga offering, if I, if I go back into what I feel like I'm supposed to do, then I have to show up on social. Mm-hmm. Like you have to promote your shit. You have like, it's not, not in the context of if, if you don't post about it, it didn't happen, but how are you going to get people to know what you're doing? If you're not where everyone's hanging out, how do you get business? And we're stuck. And I, I know that technology is going to evolve for us and we're going to get, we're going to get over this, but God, like how do people, how do people really see what's going on in the world when they're just funneled with some computer program telling them what to think mm-hmm. and telling them what to care about and telling them what's relevant. Like what's relevant on your Instagram is not what's relevant on my Instagram. And it's so we're just not connected anymore at all. And that was our greatest superpower as humans is to be able to connect a community. And yes, Instagram offers that, but at the same time, it, what it, it, what is it really, what's the foundation of it? Is it something that's true? Is it something that fills your heart? For some people it is. Some people create beautiful communities on social, but it's like you have to be in the toxic realm of social to find those communities. And not only are a lot of people not mentally stable enough for that, but for the people who are even just existing on social, like for me, it's, it's really hard. And I am I question it every day. And I just don't, I don't know what to do other than to walk away and just do my own thing quietly. But then how do you make, how do you, how do you pay your bills? I think it's just that, I mean, this is something we learn that's a fundamental of a, a practice of a yoga practice of a mindful or spiritual practices boundaries. And kind of, we have that, that set time for, for being present. And then if we have to go on Instagram and post, like for me personally, I schedule my posts. And so I'm cognizant of showing up and, you know, putting my message and my energy out there, but I'm also, you know, kind of putting it out there without consuming it, letting it consume me, if that makes sense. So it's like, it's going out to the world, but then I'm not actually on the platform. And so when I deleted it off my phone today, I had so much anxiety. I'm like, now I'm, now I'm missing out on like that engagement because I mean, when you have a business, that's what they tell you is the number one thing on Instagram is engagement, engagement, engagement. But it's like, to, to what extent is that affecting us? Well, that's what, just keep doing it. Just, you know, what I think you should do is be this leader that you're being right now, because whenever you told me in DMs that you scheduled your posts, which is something that I used to do back in like 2014, when I worked for this independent marketing company and we would market on behalf of our different clients. Like we had, we were the marketing company and they, they paid us to do their marketing. And this is when social was uh, done, like from a bulk perspective on Hootsuite. Mm -hmm. I don't even know if people use that anymore. Yeah. Hootsuite where you can, if you don't know what Hootsuite is, uh, if you're listening, it's like just this pro- this website where you have a page and you have all your different accounts and you can just post to Twitter, you can post to Instagram, you can schedule it all out all on one screen. And um, yeah, so we used to do that. And this was before I was, I, I was posting yoga stuff, but I wasn't like sick from the social because it hadn't, you know, teenagers weren't getting lip injections. Like it wasn't, our culture hadn't shifted because of Instagram so much yet. Um, and so I think you're being a real leader right now and you're setting the standard of, Hey guys, I love you so much. And here's what I have to offer. And bye. Now I'm going to go live my life and I'll see you next time. Because that's what you're, that's what, that's, that's what your community should be doing anyways is taking your nuggets, which is why they show up for you. And then living their life, not looking for more nuggets, not filling this void it's like alcohol or drugs or food or Netflix. It's all a numbing agent. Like you can just scroll until your eyes go cross-eyed. Like, I don't know how many times I've scrolled and it said, that's it. You're all caught up. And I was like, oh my God, I just scrolled through my entire freaking Instagram and it's telling me I'm all caught up. What is wrong with me? <laughs> and it was like, scary like I didn't even know that that Instagram did that until recently and it started showing that to me and I was like I feel I felt like I was in this great place and now Instagram's telling me I'm all caught up I'm all caught up on 
this girl posing, looking at the floor like she lost something, pointing her toe. I'm all caught up on this the cheese plate. Like, stupid. It's so stupid. And so, yeah, I think I think all you can do is just be true to yourself and not the status quo is fleeting. All right, it doesn't matter. And so all you can do is be true to yourself and you can set that standard for your community and you can encourage your community to check out. Like uh, the 48 hour challenge is something that Venetia Lamana and uh, Max Lamana, who live in London, uh, Venetia, she is, they're married. She is a fashion, a fast fashion um, activist, like against it. And she's, wow, she's incredible. And then her husband, Max, he's a low waist chef. Mm. By the way, guys, you guys go follow these people, Venetia and Max Lamana, the separate Instagram accounts. They're so cool. Anyway, so they do the 48 hour challenge on weekends mm. and they just, they check out every, and I'm like, what even like, it's not like they reinvented the freaking wheel, but, but they are like radically inviting so much mental health and life into their life. And I, I, I was doing this journal. I talked to you about Rachel Hollis before, right? Yes. <laughs> you're like okay you're like a rachel hollis biggest fan um yeah so i have i have her start today journal which is um so cool and and it has you go through all these things like your goals and your values and stuff and then and i got to this question what is your highest value and without even thinking i wrote down mental health which is crazy because i didn't have any mental health issues until after i became a mom and i experienced postpartum depression and then it opened the floodgate for everything else. Like I never had a lick of anxiety. I was just happy. Everything was fine. And then I had my kid and it was just like, zoop. like I just tanked. And once you can feel what depression feels like in your body, it's like it sticks to you somehow. And it's mm. now a part of you because you evolve from these, you know, emotional head spaces that you're in, obviously. And so once you can go to that low, it's humbling, it's terrifying. And, uh, you know, anxiety breeds depression, depression breeds anxiety. And I couldn't believe that my highest value was mental health. I was like, when did I, when did I become someone who, where mental health was like on my agenda, was part of my daily thinking to maintain my mental health. And I realized it's nothing to be ashamed of. It's not a bad thing. It's just where I'm at now and how lucky am I that I can recognize it. And, and I think it's no coincidence. I think mental health is, is re- rearing its head on all of us, even the most happiest of looking of person. And so all you can do is show up with truth and say, this is normal. It's, it's, not, it's, it's not normal that it's normal, but it's normal because this is our culture now. And there's, you, you have all the power. I always tell Limberly, change your mind. Oh, you're crying? Okay, that's okay to be sad. Whenever whenever you would like to move on, you just change your mind. You change your mood, change your mind, change your life is the basis of my book. So I just want to empower people that if you're feeling sick on social, which you probably are, I mean, I am, you have you hold all the cards. Do, be lean up, delete your Instagram or give yourself like a time limit or just, Put, put, put your time in something else. Whenever you're, whenever you find yourself scrolling, stop. Be like, whoops. Cause it's not like you want to scroll. It's just a habit. That's all. It's just a habit. It's all habits, but your habits make up who you are. And that's why our mental health is suffering. Cause we have this really bad habit of spending so much time on social media and just consuming, 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 and never clearing our mind out. You know, you, you can't even go to the gas station without watching TV. Sometimes you go to a fancy mm-hmm. gas station, they got a big screen. It's like you can't escape it. And so you have to, you have to empty out your mind sometimes and give yourself that space when all you're doing is consuming. And that's why I love yoga, but you, everyone has the choice. And I think Instagram's not going to be the first person to remind you of that, but I'm telling you now. We, we forget how much Instagram is its own business and how much like capitalistic businesses thrive on us feeling unworthy. And not enough. That's not even like culturally like popular anymore. I mean, how, how are they still getting away with this? It's because we're, it's like, like being vegan. It's because we're allowing it because we're buying into it. We're paying with our, we're voting with our money. We're voting with our time. Mm-hmm. That's how they get away with it. 
That's, it's not that complicated. I mean, like, look at Victoria's Secret. They canceled the Victoria's Secret fashion show because they chose not to follow the cultural lead of including uh, diversity into their models, people who are disabled, people who have some kind of a skin condition, um, trans models. Like they, like our idea of beauty has evolved and Victoria's Secret chose not to embrace that. And now their business is suffering because of it. And it's the same thing. It's the same thing with social. We're, we're putting ourselves into that position just by showing up on the platform. Yeah. We're allowing ourselves to be on the hamster wheel. And until we ch- until you know you demand change by you know in your own and you do that by changing your own life, nothing's gonna change. I mean, take it from me, dude. I'm vegan. You know how you know how much crap I have gotten for, I got for being vegan in the first couple of years, and I was an activist and all these things, and it ended up making me sick again because. And when I say sick, I mean like mentally unstable, like not thriving, not feeling grounded or full, just feeling like I'm just hanging on by a thread and that's my resting place and it's not a happy place to be. So yeah, I was like super, super vegan activist because you find something that, you know, I'm just a really passionate person, especially with being vegan. It's like, you know, it's, it's good for the planet. It's good for your body. It's non-harming. Like why everyone pays billions of dollars for this weight loss industry. Everyone wants the next fad, keto, Plato, whatever, whatever the hell it is, you know? And I'm like, well, here you go. Here's a, here's a diet that will have your body thrive in the best possible way. That is not going to, that's the best, literally the best thing you can do for our dying planet, which is the biggest issue of our time, all these things. And no one wants to hear about it. And so, so yeah, I was passionate and frustrated and it, and I was always posting like all of this political stuff, you know, whenever the election came and I, and I had recognized the same emotions that I felt when I was really hardcore into activism, I was just pushing, 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 and just sharing all this stuff and it was falling on deaf ears and it was, and it was mm. just a constant like upkeep of trying to present all this information to people who didn't care even though there were some, like people will say, oh, well, if I changed one mind, like that was worth it for me. And I was like, okay, well, the one mind, yeah, people tell me, yes, you've changed my life. But you know whose mind really changed was mine. And it was a lot to carry and to project all of that all the time and hold this space that no one asked for. And when, and I noticed that again with politics, you know, Black Lives fucking matter, obviously. I mean, I'm the first person to tell you that. And I um. I, I, being in, in the heart of media at the time, and I had been, you know, a activist, activist for equality long before George Floyd and Floyd became popular, like a lot of people, um, and people started caring. And so I'm like, great, let's talk about it. Go listen to my, one of my old episodes about, um, about being black in America and oppression, systemic oppression with um, my friend, Josh, I went over to his place in Denver and we did like an hour and a half episode on it all. And, um, he's a black guy and, you know, like, tell me your experience. What, what was it like growing up? Like, what cops, like, tell me, tell me the things that people don't, white people are afraid to talk, to ask, like, let's just hash it out right here in the safe space. So people know. And, um, so I'm like directing people back there and, trying to do the whole politics thing. And it started making me really, really sick again. And people mm. were, people would message me, you know, your, your Instagram stories are where I get my news. And I was like, okay, hooray. Like, Oh, it was so cool that, that you come to me for your news. I don't, I don't want to be that person. I want, I, I wanted something with more depth and that where I didn't have to constantly be on these media platforms, these news platforms and ingest, that's what you're doing is ingesting all of this information and regurgitating it. And it wasn't serving me. And I just had to accept that. And that's not attachment. And that's how social is like, is it serving you? Honestly, is it, is it serving you fashion? Is it serving you anxiety? Is it serving you self worth? Is it serving you self loathing? Is it serving you more hours in your day? Is it serving you education? Like there are ways to use social for your benefit, but it's like, if you're not, here's what I learned from the the documentary, The Social Dilemma. 
I don't know if I'm going to word this right. If you're not looking at a product, you are the product. Mm-hmm. And that's it. We are the product. We are being used. We are being played on. We're being preyed upon. We are being swung across everywhere with our own emotional ups and downs and where we allow it to happen. But it is, I don't, you know, you can't blame people for not realizing that this is happening because it's, especially the younger people, like, like kids in their early twenties or the kids on TikTok. I say kids, I mean, I'm only 29, but it feels like so much has happened and not a mom and I feel old as fuck. Um, you know, you, I just see these like young people, um, Gen Z on TikTok and like doing these, like, okay, I saw this, like a little compilation. I don't know, not on TikTok because I was like, I don't need another platform to suck up my time. But, you know, they it, people posted on Instagram. So it was these kids and they were doing this little dance and in front of their mom and they were like, it was like a booty shaking dance and they would get their mom in the background and they'd do the dance and then watch their mom's reaction. And it was a compilation with a bunch of kids. And I'm thinking to myself, okay, why do kids love these freaking TikTok dances? It's because you get a moment to look sexy and feel cool, but that's dance. That's the art of dance that you're really loving. That's making you feel powerful. But you're, but what you think you love is the likes you get for looking sexy and being cool, learning like a two, like a one 30 second dance or however, however TikTok works. Cause take it to me. Like I, I was taking these dance classes in Boulder and I was like, there was femme hip hop. It was so freaking sexy so fun and I was like this is cool I love this I feel so empowered in my body and so whenever I see these tech talks I'm like okay this 18 year old girl she feels super sexy right now she feels super cool she's she's doing she knows this dance she she's like a dancer for 30 seconds and I'm like you're not you're doing it for the gram like what, what's making you feel fulfilled inside is this act of moving your body and learning something new. But the dopamine hit you get is from po- posting it online. And I'm like, babe, you'll get such a bigger dopamine hit if you just do it for yourself and like actually learn how to dance, not just learn 30 second robotic moves. Like it's just, it's all convoluted right now. And I think it's, I don't know, up to women who, I guess millennial women, it seems, to kind of be like, no, 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 babe. I, 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 like, we're, like, we're the last generation before having, like, Instagram in middle school. Mm-hmm. And so we're, like, the last leg of some sense of reality. And, like, we're in the in-between. So we can see it both. We can see it for what it is. Like, we grew up with it, but also we didn't. And so um, we're in a unique, uh, a unique perspective. And I just, I don't want to, I don't, I have faith in humanity. I have faith that we're going to find ourselves, especially now that we don't have a tyrant in the Oval Office. But um, it's just, it, people are going to be resistant to change. And I think, I think aside from the mental health, it comes back to business at the end of the day. It's going to be some people, people's main question. Like, okay, yeah, all that's fine. But how do I promote my business? And the only the thing that I could think of right now is like we were talking about is to set a new standard of I'm going offline here. Here's my stuff. Love you much. I'm going to go be with my baby because everybody else has a baby that they want to be with too. They don't want to feel like they, like you're on the person that they admire is on social all day. I got to be on social all day, but no, the person I admire says, go live your life. Okay. It's like giving you permission. Yeah. That's so true. What do you think? What do you have to add to that? Because I mean, you're really crushing it with your business. And you know, you've come so far since the last time we did a podcast episode. And I'm so proud of you. And I've loved watching your journey. So like, what, like, and you know, I got caught up in like doing like a full time job. And so I kind of got away from all of that. And so I've been watching how you've been growing your business. And so what's it really like, like on the day to day, like how, how are you going to continue to promote your business? without succumbing to the influences of that social will put into your mind, which will change what you share, which will change your truth, which will change your magic. Yeah. It'd be influenced by social. Well, I think the first thing that I, oh, I think when you step into an entrepreneurial space, any, 
modern class that you take will be like, you have to storytell on Instagram and that's how you get clients. And what I'm doing is changing the platforms in which I do that. So more written word on our website, more video content that exists off Instagram. Um, so I think that's the first thing because before I felt really pressured, you know, to show up on Instagram and write this really profound post that is going to make so many people be like, oh yes, like I need to be a part of this where in fact, like no one fucking cares. Like no one has the time to like, no (laughs) one fucking cares and they shouldn't, like they shouldn't have to care. And it's been so freeing just like to not give a shit, like, especially even on my personal page because I'm a photographer like I used to have so much anxiety about what my profile as a whole looked like like was the color palette the same like did all the pictures like I don't fucking care anymore and so that has been so freeing I think um so and then just what I said before like scheduling the post and then what I did since I took Instagram off my phone is that like when I'm working at my computer I'll go on Instagram for like an hour and you know like interact with it through the web Yeah, because you can access like your inbox and everything through there and then schedule it. And then the only thing you can't really do without being on the app is reels. But for some reason on the Enlightened account, Instagram took away my ability to use music in my reels. I was like, yo, this is just another fucking sign that I don't need this. (laughs) So, okay, so you're doing Instagram through your desktop computer, like Instagram.com. Yeah. Yeah. It's way less addictive that way. Mm -hmm. It's like it's not in the palm. It's not as intimate. Yes. Yeah. Because you're not laying in bed getting to know someone who's also laying in bed yep. through a screen. Yep. You know what I mean? That, that's, that, that's the difference because like, if you look at Marilyn Monroe and like our old, like Hollywood, all of that, they were so unattainable. They were, they were like aloof. But now you've got the president tweeting from the toilet. You've yeah. got, you've got anyone that you have a crush on or any celebrity, you, they're like, you're laying in bed watching them talk to you from their bed and And it's so intimate and that's why I think we feel so like just addicted to it and like it's a it's a good thing and it's a bad thing like obviously so much good has come from how connected we are I mean look at look at the Black Lives Matter movement that's a perfect example of how quickly information is spreading and it's not like any of this is new it's just now it's on video and it's in my, it's from your phone to my phone in three hours all over the world. Mm-hmm. And um, so there, but we have to take responsibility for what else is out there. It's like, okay, so Rose McGowan, are you a fan of charm? The old charmed or the new charm? But yeah, no, not the <laughs> new charm. Are you serious? <laughs> no. Oh yes. no. Yes. Yes. No, no, no. <laughs> Come on. Um, yeah, so, so am I. And I'm a major Rose McGowan fan. And I recently read her book, Brave, because I heard her on this podcast that I love called Shut Up Evan. And um, I was like, wow, she's so cool. And then so I went down like a wormhole and watched like all these interviews of her. And I read her book. And um, she is fascinating, by the way. She is not, she is not Paige Matthews. Like she is an incredible woman. She actually was like raised in a cult. And she was obviously sexually assaulted by Harvey Weinstein, if people don't know, which is what sparked the YouTube movement. Um, but she was saying how Hollywood has no moral code. Like they think that the audience is dumb, which is probably obvious. Like mm-hmm. you could probably imagine that people, especially working in media and understanding how um, tailored everything is and how strategic everything is it's yeah like I would sometimes I would feel like that my audience was cheap because it's so predictable like you post one thing on social I instantly know what's happening in the comments what's going to happen even no matter how relevant or uh true or whatever the the news story that I wrote about was I knew what was going to happen in the comments and it's like god you're such cheap and um it's it's hard it's like the good news is you're aware but the bad news is you're aware and it just yep. makes you feel like, what is this life even about? And um, so uh, Rose was saying that in Hollywood, they think that the audience is just dumb. And if you think about it, the script's written by a man. The director is a man. The producer's a man. The studio head's a man. 
the, the whole vision and scope of a production is a man's perspective on how to make a woman as fuckable as possible, basically, to get the most. Uh, out of the movie and so like women what what's a beautiful woman well what do you see in in movies like the the what's that movie the girl next door uh that came out like 15 years ago or um the my babysitter that new babysitter movie on netflix there's like one and there's two and the babysitter's super hot and whatever it's like the big lips and the big boobs and just just Sexy, sexy, sexy. Like that's the only way that we can see a woman can be sexy, apparently. And that's because that's what we see in our entertainment. Mm-hmm. And that's what you see on TikTok. It's like, how small of shorts can she wear? And how and how like how funky and um R and B and cool can this random white girl look? It is was how I see TikTok. I'm like, what are you doing? You look so weird. Like this is so not you, and it's obvious. Like you're just playing a role. And um, I think it's important to understand that our images of beauty, our images of what's relevant, it's coming from social. It's coming from the entertainment industry, and it's all coming from this one stream of thought that's not yours. Yep. But new generations think that that's their stream of thought because that's what they see. Like if you look at um, TV in like the fifties, there was what the Jeffersons, there was like one or two black shows and that's all people ever saw of black people. So that's all they knew. And that was the narrative of the, the writers and the director and who were of course not black. And so it was offbeat. Like they were missing, they're missing it. Yeah. And it's like, for your, you're telling someone else a story from your limited perspective. And that's all social and the entertainment are, is telling stories through a limited perspective and people pushing it into your psyche and making you think that that's your perspective. And it's no wonder people don't feel good because there, it's, it's, uh, it's conflicting with your truth. And people don't know how to get to their truth because they don't have a spiritual practice. And it's just like around and around we go. Mm-hmm. It's so true. And I I think there is a shift happening, though, that I mean, like, I feel like this year has been such an internal shakeup for so many people where they are now kind of waking up and realizing. And so there's definitely something happening that people are starting to to realize that it's smoke and mirrors. But like you said, like, if they don't have a foundation to go off of, like, where else are you supposed to go? Yeah. And that's what I'm thinking about with the the younger generation. I have this friend who is an Instagram model and man, she's like showing me all these apps that she uses and like how she engages. And I was like, Oh my God, I have never seen anything so strategic in my life. Like she uses this free app called airbrush. And the person listening, this isn't me telling you how to get super sick Instagram photos. This is me telling you that all the Instagram photos that you admire are not real. Mm-hmm. Like it's so subtle, but it makes, it changes the photo. Like, you know, you're like brushing the leg a little bit and it's just, you're like whitening your teeth and like, okay. Like, it's not like I'm against plastic surgery. You know, if you want to do these things, okay. But like, how much time are you spending doing that? And why are you doing it? Are you doing it because that's how you have to look on social to be accepted, to be considered beautiful? That's just social and media and the entertainment industry telling you what is beautiful. That's not based on reality. It's like, like I'm such a history buff. And so when you, you know, whenever you're consuming information of, you know, Egyptian life 4,000 years ago, it makes how edited your photo on Instagram is seem completely ridiculous and irrelevant <laughs> as it is. Yep. It's like, we're just these tiny little life on this tiny little planet for this tiny moment in time in this vast universe that we know nothing about. And somehow our own melodramas become our everything. And there are what we live for and there are downfall. And like, that is not, the human experience. It's not supposed to be. And it's no wonder we're hurting so much. Mm-hmm. And um, yes, people are, people are coming to realizations left and right. But like, 
I, I can't, I mean, I don't know. I can't help but, but think that people are just going to be like, okay, well now what? Like, I, I know I've, I've clicked that this isn't working for me. I've, I've made it to the level of social is doing something to my mind, but now what? And, um, that's where it's like, how do I, I don't even have the foundation to sift through these accounts to find who's giving me the good juju and who's giving me the, the paid juju. And, um, I think the only thing that you can do is to stop externally speaking, because you're not going to find anything you need externally. Just take a minute, sit down, close your eyes and, and do that every day. Take a minute, sit down and close your eyes every day. Whenever you, you wake up in the morning and you're on your phone, don't, don't be, just take that time for yourself instead. Like the first thing you put into your mind in the morning makes such a difference. I have this really beautiful photo that a friend of mine took a long time ago of a sunrise. It's like blown up and I have it in my room and it faces my bed. And so it's the first thing I see when I open my eyes, not my phone, not my email, not my notifications, not what else, what I'm also addicted to, which is Facebook marketplace. I don't know if anyone <laughs> listening can relate to that, but oh my God, I'm on that shit every day. I can't stop. Um, and so, yeah, you just have to like make these little nudges until you find some kind of a ground that feels true to you to, to stand on. And it just, it just feels like everything's happening so quickly on social and like you're, you're not even keeping up with the Joneses anymore. It's like, you are the Joneses and they're the Joneses and everyone's and that guy's the Joneses and everyone's just like trying to keep up with each other. And they, and they don't realize that they're putting out they're they're, they're pushing the wheel. They're continuing to push the wheel for the gram. Like, and every time you post a picture that looks like an idealistic Instagram picture, you're perpetuating what we don't want. You're, if you don't like doing that, some people love it. And for whatever reason, um, I'm not going to say that you, you shouldn't post like a perfectly posed photo on Instagram. Like if you're a model or if you, um, love art, but it's like, do it true to you. Don't do it based on what your followers want. And I know that that's horrible business advice. And I was just saying this on a podcast that I was on, um, like a few days ago, I know that's horrible business advice to say, don't do what your don't do what your audience wants. But at the end of the day, if you're your brand, like if you have like a, like an e-commerce store and you sell like freaking water bottles or eco-friendly water bottles or whatever. Yeah. Listen to your audience, give them what they want. But if you're your brand, what are you even doing? If you're not you, you're your brand, like stop it. You be you. Mm. And if you don't know who you are, then stop trying to tell other people how to be. And there's no shame in that. And I, I, everyone's just in such a hurry. And God, I just don't think you peak in your 20s. I just don't think that this is real. I just don't think it matters. I mean, you go through hardship and like, I, you know, I'll look at someone whose parents have died or um, who, who are like experiencing these horrible tragedies in their life. And it just makes my daily stress seem so dumb and it's not like any one person suffering denotes another person suffering like it's it all balances out but you could choose to, to open your mind and, and change your perspective on how you ingest information and the information that you ingest like you really have so much power and it starts with what are you doing with that little phone in the palm of your hand like are you the product that's like we have to ask yourself am i the product right now and oftentimes you'd be like, shit, I am. And then you just got to do something else. Mm -hmm. And it's just a habit. It's like, it's habits. It's not, like I said, it's not like the gram is anything special, but a habit that we're all addicted to. It's like, just change your habits. Whenever I, whenever I went vegetarian, I was like, oh my God, what? And I realized, this was in 2013, I realized that changing your habits is the most powerful thing that you can do in your life. And I'm just now revisiting that idea and, um, and realizing that reading more and being on social less has dramatically grown my life in a short amount of time. And if people keep searching, they're searching for fulfillment 
they're searching for, um, they want to be seen. They want to be heard. Like people just want to be acknowledged, but it's like, you're trying so desperately spending your whole life that's going by every day, every minute you're on Instagram, you're just wasting your life. And to project something that isn't even necessarily true to you. It's just a series of impressions that have been made on you because you don't want to be in, invisible. But what about the homeless guy on the street? You know how you know how lonely it is being homeless, being invisible, everyone pretending like they don't see you in their car when they drive past you? Like it's just an illusion that you tell yourself that you're invisible or that you're not worthy or that you have to do this. You don't. You can do whatever you want. And um, I just 